Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about hands-on tool training with the help of special guest Gary Katz of the Katz Roadshow, and this is Carpentry.com. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Fowler, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. As we've said a couple of times already on these podcasts, skills training is one of the hot topics these days. But as I travel around, talk with lots and lots of people, there's only a few people out there that are really doing anything about it. I think human nature is we'd rather complain and, and, you know, be negative about it than actually do something. On another podcast, we had Rob Yeged from Fine Home Building Magazine and Keep Craft Alive. And we've heard about what they were doing. Um, JLC Live uh, Shows has been a great resource for many people, bringing in experts and talking about various skills. Uh, This is where I actually met our guest for today uh, more years ago than I care to uh, count, quite a few. But one thing's for sure. I believe that in general, we can't count on somebody else to do this for us anymore. Those of us who own businesses, those of us who care about this uh, industry really have to get busy about uh, getting skills training into our companies and into any other venues that uh, we can. So we've paid the price of having kind of just lived off of what was there. So today we want to keep the drumbeat up if, if possible and discuss other ways that companies can work at training people and the skills that are needed to keep them supplied with carpenters. Just want to pause for a second and say a word about the fact that many business owners feel like, why should I train them if they're just going to leave? And uh, my answer to that is people are going to leave. It's just the way this business is. In fact, it's not just our business. The young people of today are moving around more and more than their fathers or grandfathers ever did. But other industries are all seeing a better return on the dollar that they put into it for the trained people that they have. So just think for a minute about the Army, right? Are people going to leave the Army? You bet they are. Many in four years. Many, you know, after eight years. But what does the Army do? Intense training because they are better serving the Army and us uh, if they're well trained. And so... Uh, we have to think about this training. And then there's also some merit to the idea that for 20 or 30 years, we have benefited from a great skilled workforce. And it's time for those of us in this business to start giving back by getting the training going that our industry needs. So Steve, what are you seeing when you're talking to contractors about this problem of skills training? Tim, I think uh, to echo what you said in the beginning is uh, for a lot of the people I talk to, they're really fixated on just the simple fact that they're unable to find people and that there's no, uh, not many people for skilled labor out there. Uh, And others, 
Um, I think there's just a real lack of putting a sales process or a, a training process in place. Um, so, I, you know, like you said, I think there has to be a real shift in mindset on not only training the people you have, but, um, you know, that, again, feeds into the industry and improves it across the, uh, you know, the whole industry itself. Yeah, I think we all have to start giving back a little bit to make this work long term. And that brings me to our next guest. Gary Katz is the publisher of ThisIsCarpentry.com, an online magazine devoted to craftsmen and craftsmanship. For two decades, he has been a frequent contributor to Fine Home Building, Journal of Light Construction, Fine Woodworking, and other leading trade magazines. Gary's books include The Door Hanger's Handbook, Finished Carpentry, Efficient Techniques for Custom Interiors, and Trim Made Simple, his DVD series, Mastering Finished Carpentry, sets the standard for professional video instruction in the construction trades. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Well, this is so much fun. I, I do remember uh, going to JLC live shows and watching your demonstrations. Uh, one of the things that always impressed me was the fact that you were always learning and always uh changing little things because i might see the same presentation but it had a little different twist to it each time and so i i'm very impressed with that so let's just start right out and let's talk about your road show a little bit uh tell us what that is how it works and i think maybe more importantly why you got it started and and how you feel like it helps the industry i started the road show um from the urging and the, actually the insistence of one of my sponsors, Craig Flynn from Windsor One. Um, he was a sponsor at JLC Live, which I certainly enjoyed seeing you at because I think the two of us were, I believe at that time and for a long time, we were the only real job site guys. You know, the only people that really had experience on a job site who were doing presentations. So it was kind of fun. You know, there was some camaraderie there. Right. But um, you were right. You know, the, the presentations that I have done change evolutionally every single time I do them because I'm constantly learning new ways and better ways or improved ways or something to do stuff. And part of that's the technology that goes into products today. And I think that's having a huge effect and impact on on education and skills and, and everything. And, and that's why I think I believe that Craig was so insightful in pressing me to do live events at Lumberyards. He was a JLC sponsor, and one show he came up to me and said, you ought to be doing this at Lumberyards. <laughs> about six months later, I've told this story so many times, and it's true. I'm not exaggerating at all. About six months later, I was at another JLC show. He came up to me, and he slugged me in the shoulder. And I'm not <laughs> talking about a friendly tap. I mean, he hit hard. And he said, I told you to be doing this at Lumberyards. What's going on? You should be doing it by now. I didn't realize he was that serious. So, you know, I got together with some of his salespeople and we did a, a kind of like a little mini JLC show at Ganal Lumber down in Southern California around 2001. And that was the beginning of the road show. I, well, that, that's really cool. So you're actually going to Lumberyards uh, and I believe all over the country and putting on demonstrations of different different skills different is it just you or there's some other people involved in the first few years it was just me <laughs> and then um for the first couple of years it was me and i used one of my local carpenters or guys that was working for us as a roadie you know and 
Right. Then I started getting more serious about it, and I started traveling. I went up to Seattle one year, and then I went out to the East Coast. And so I talked to Tom Brewer, who was the roadie, the road manager for JLC Live, and he was tickled at the idea of doing road shows. So he started helping me. And then he said, you know, we should get Mike Slogan in here and have him do training shows. <laughs> Before long, we had Mike doing it. And then at a certain point, Rick Arnold was doing some and Rick's still doing some with me. And at one point, we had Myron Ferguson doing a few. It was just really, you know, kind of like a JLC kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, so, if, so this is about uh, training for companies. So if a company wanted to bring the road show to their hometown, so they could get their guys to be there to get some training from you and maybe from these other folks. Would they be talking to their local lumberyard about that? Up until recently, that is exactly the way the program has worked. It has been, it has been hosted exclusively by lumberyards, occasionally by tool stores. Okay. This last year, we've started doing what we call Cats Roadshow Direct. It's a new program and it's designed just for big builders. So okay. a company can actually hire us directly. There's no sponsors. There's no lumber yard. There's no middlemen. We do presentations tailored for that company, just as we did recently on Cape Cod for Cape Associates. And what you were saying in the introduction was like, I'm behind it 100%. Companies in the U.S. need to take take like empower themselves and take control of education in this industry. You said something else that I thought was really important. You said that, you know, the, the, the skills that carpenters once had, they, they need to pass on. Otherwise we're going to lose those skills. Well, right. the fact of the matter is I don't think carpenters were ever more skilled than they are today. It's just, the technology and the materials that we see coming on the job site are so different than anything we've ever installed before that they require a whole new set of skills. And that is what we're missing. And nobody is going to provide those to a company the way they need. Nobody. The company has to, has to pull up their own bootstraps and do it on their own. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot and it, you know, Companies are all about the money. And, you know, part of what I do for consulting is helping people, you know, stay with the money, watch the money, watch the money. But I've also thought a lot about like unions. Basically, unions are getting paid to train. Uh, there's a training program and the companies pay into that. And guess who eventually pays for that? The consumer. And so in our world, we have to start budgeting for these kinds of things and and getting our clients to pay for it because that's where the money comes from. So really, really big, big deal there. It is. It's probably the biggest sea change in a way or, or you know, change in our industry, evolutionary change in our industry, and really, truly is brought on by technology. So let's shift the gears a little bit and maybe just pick your brain as a skills trainer. If a company wanted to do more in-house type skills training, like they've got a great guy that does trim really, really well, or a guy that does framing and they want to bring everybody up to, uh, up to par, what are some things that they might do to make that successful? Do you have any tips on 
yeah. how training should take place so that it's actually successful? The best story I've read and heard about, and I can't remember this fellow's name or exactly where it is, but it's someplace in the upper Midwest, a roofing company. He was suffering badly from a lack of skilled roofers. And he finally decided to, to take control of the situation himself. He rented a facility, which he ended up buying. Uh, I think about, a, I think it was like 100,000 square feet or something. I mean, it was a huge wow. building, you know, and right. he built roof, He built buildings in there with roofs that didn't require ladders for access. So he could train right. his guys, new guys, how to install roofing materials properly. And he, he really reaped the rewards of that. Sure. Like you said, he lost some of his people that he trained, which is a bummer, but right. he also kept them. So that the, the training, the training program he developed created this kind of like esprit de corps in his company so that people, the people he kept were actually the people he wanted to keep in the first place. Right. It was right. really valuable, you know, and that's what I believe construction companies need to do. They need to build some kind of facility where they can train their employees how to install materials according to their system. Every single construction company needs to identify a systems approach for installing windows, doors, crown molding, baseboard, cutting rafters, everything. For, for framing walls, for laying out foundations, there should be a step-by-step -step systems approach. And this all comes out of what I've learned from Paul Akers from FastCap. The whole approach to lean manufacturing, lean philosophy, eliminating waste, and having simple systems that you can depend on so that everybody on your crew is doing everything precisely the same way. And not only that not only eliminates waste, but let's say a manufacturer comes out with a new material and you've got to use a peculiar splashing or a special type of fastener. You can introduce that change that quickly, globally, across your whole system to your entire team. So everybody picks up the new, the new technique instantly. It's that simple. So going a little bit out on the limb here, do you know any eight, uh, five to $10 million remodeling companies, let's say, that actually do have a facility like this? I don't know any right now, but I think it's okay. coming. And, and the reason I'm learning more about this, like we just did a show a couple of months ago for Cape Associates out on Cape Cod. Right. We did another one a month before that for Millworks by Design. Two totally different companies. Millworks by Design is a Finnish carpentry contracting company down in L.A., in the Southern California area. They have 85 Finnish carpenters on payroll. Wow. Cape Associates, on the other hand, is a full-service general contracting company. They have painting uh, contract, you know, they do painting services, they do maintenance, they do remodeling, they do new construction, they do everything and it's all in-house. Right. So everybody, the electrician, the plumber, the roofer, the drywall guys, they all work directly for Cape Associates. And the reason that company works that way is so they can control scheduling and quality on their jobs. And it's just awesome. So, so they don't have a facility. That's why they hired us. And they asked us to come back again in January. In fact, they wanted us to come and do shows every single quarter. And I said, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's too often. Their employees won't absorb it. You know? Right. So I think you either have to have this facility 
or you have to have some kind of um, regularly scheduled program where people from the outside come in and train your employees. And it's, it's like, I'm not trying to like promote my own business. I'm trying more or less to, you know, provide some kind of answer that's simple and not right. too expensive, you know, not too expensive. And definitely, you know, like if you hire somebody to come in and do it for you, keepers, you know, you save all that headache time trying to develop, <laughs> you know, and you, all the overhead time trying to maintain a, a, a facility or something. Right. Yeah. So, so that was kind of my next question was uh, all that head time and so forth like that. When you think about doing skills training, what do you, what process do you use to think through how you're going to get it across? For example, when I do training on like why carpenters should care about a budget, I try to think about it in the sense of like, what's in it for them? What, why, you know, why should they even care before I try to tell them what, what it's about? And then, so I'm just wondering on the skills side, is there a way that you kind of categorize your thinking that might help somebody say, okay, I'm going to do this in-house. I'm going to do this myself, but I want to put together something that will really make an impact. Is there any, anything like that you can share with us? Yeah, I think the, my, my foremost thought and my first thought always is, are you having fun? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you in the groove, the Tiger Woods groove? If you're not, if you're fighting it, if you're struggling, then you're doing it wrong. So that's that's my rule for finished carpenters. And actually, that's my rule for everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you're not respecting yourself and your own kind of reaction or, or relationship to your work, then you're not going to succeed at right. enjoying yourself. If you're enjoying yourself, and I say this at every single show, if you're enjoying yourself, that means you're probably doing better work. And if you're doing better work, you're probably making more money. And if you're making more money, you're probably enjoying yourself. <laughs> now, like inside that circle is craftsmanship. If you're enjoying yourself and you're doing better work, that means you're really achieving that, that goal of true craftsmanship, of being a craftsman. And if you're doing that, your, your, your customers, your clients are appreciating you more. If they feel that you're a craftsman, they're going to be willing to pay you more money. And if they pay you more money, you're going to have more fun. That's the circle. It's that simple. <laughs> Try to explain the same attitude to big builders. Instead of fighting and fighting and fighting the bean counters to save every single penny, invest money. Invest money in your team so that they can enjoy themselves more. If they find themselves enjoying themselves more, you're going to make more money on them. It's that simple because they're going to be doing better work and they're going to be figuring out more efficient ways to accomplish it. Gary, that's a fantastic point. Um, just wanted to shift just a bit. And you mentioned the technology changing and products changing specifically. Um, do you have a process or do you talk about a process in your training on vetting new products? Because so many new products are coming out. I mean, what's the best way to, you know, get in and have the buy-in to, to the new products? I think it's a very complicated process and it requires serious consideration. Construction these days is not for the faint of heart. 
<laughs> buy a hundred foot you know construction cord and a skill saw and, a, and steal a milk crate from behind the market and go to work mm-hmm. you know you got to be serious about this you got to be willing to invest serious time in in investigating products and, and manufacturers and that means reading I, I i know i have a lot of folks i talk to and meet on instagram and they tell me oh millennials don't read well I don't care if you read or if you learn about stuff on Instagram. I learn a lot from watching videos. You know, I, I keep forgetting the guy's name and I'm so embarrassed. The fellow that's doing the videos for JLC now from Texas, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. His name will come to me. I learned more from him and his videos probably sometimes about new materials. He recently did a little thing on flashings. He, he investigated flashings and he built a little um, kind of set outside and he installed some peel and stick flashings on house wrap and around windows and stuff like that to see which ones would last the longest, which ones stick better. It's that kind of research that, that you know, responsible builders are actually responsible for. They have to dig into that stuff themselves personally. Sure, it helps to have good relationships with manufacturers and manufacturers reps and talk to them like the folks from Simpson and the folks from Huber and all of these, and the folks from Anderson and Marvin, and all these folks who know more about their products than anybody. But that doesn't let you off the hook. You're still responsible. You have to investigate stuff yourself. And that means reading other people's reviews and what other people have learned and becoming active in investigating the stuff yourself. Like if you're worried about exterior trim, absorbing moisture, and trying to find something that's not going to move if it does take on some moisture. That means you need to get a bucket of water and cut a <laughs> bunch of pieces and soak them and see what they do. <laughs> so that's really, really cool. Um, so the great thing, I think, for our industry is that there are more people out there doing research and, and actually documenting real conditions. In other words, if you go online and look for reviews, my personal belief is you're going to get very skewed understanding, but good people who are doing good research are out there and they uh, are giving good data, whether it's tools or, or uh, equipment or materials. So I think that's a huge, uh, huge point in our favor at this point in, in the industry. I totally agree. I mean, you can go on YouTube or someplace and and find some review or some guy that's done a tool review and he's got a million views or something. Right. And he's missing the boat entirely, you know, because maybe he didn't have 20 years of experience on the job site or something or whatever. It's just, so, yeah. So Gary, is there any, um, anything like overriding principles, maybe just talk about trim since that's your, your real strengths go, so when I talked with companies about training, I mentioned things like you can you can show somebody how to do flashing, but understanding the concept of how water travels is probably more important than the details of how to flash a chimney or something like that. Is there anything about particularly trim where you like what's the overriding principle in in trim that you would say, if you keep this in mind, then the mechanics will work themselves other than fun that will work themselves out. I think the thing that 
people need to learn today <clears throat> is that everything moves. Everything moves. And this is a this is a statement that I learned actually from John Pace, the president of, Versa, Versa, of Versatex, the PBC company. John believes that since PBC moves because of thermal changes, you know, changes in temperature, um, the design of PVC trim needs to accommodate that. So he says that, let's say you're putting on two pieces of bandboard and each one's 16 feet long. PVC moves in length, not width, not against the grain, it moves with the length, which is the exact opposite of wood. So he says that, you know, the joint between those two pieces of bandboard should be like a rabbited joint. And even better yet, there should be some kind of decorative detail on top of the joint so that if it moves, you can't see it. I love that. Yeah. It's a totally non-traditional technique. And that's what I'm talking about. Even the wood we use today moves a lot more, probably three or four times more than the wood we used to use. I mean, I used to, because I'm in my 60s, I had experience <laughs> using old growth vertical grain wood. Right. Most carpenters today have no experience with that at all. So it's a totally different material than than what we used to use, you know? So this it's kind of like the techniques have to keep up with that, not just the understanding of the movement, not just the formula that for every 4% change in moisture content, wood will move 1%. I mean, that's a formula that carpenters everywhere across America, across the world, they need to know that. That needs right. to be embedded in their memory that for every 4%, wood will move 1%. You can use a calculator to determine exactly how much that is. Right. I mean, so many techniques that are dependent on that formula to succeed with joinery. In addition to that, there's all kinds of joinery techniques you can use to kind of like modify the effects, kind of like in some ways take advantage of the effects of wood movement. And that's all new technology too. So this is, this is really, really good because I think one of the things that companies or people in general fail in terms of training is they'll 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 do a training that says this is exactly how i want you to do this but they don't get into things like formulas and and basic principles and stuff like that and so when a carpenter or whoever ends up with a new situation they don't know how to deal with it they don't know how to think it through and yeah. so this this idea of everything moves that's just one of those great principles and then you start breaking it down. Wood is different than PVC is different than X, Y, or Z product over here. And you start breaking that down. Then when someone gets on a job, they start thinking about that as opposed to I cut it, you know, this long and it should be okay. So I think that's a fantastic point. I, I love what you're talking about because again, it puts the responsibility back on the carpenter or the contractor. The responsibility right. to teach their people how to think. And that's what it's about. It's Yeah, it's a systems. You want to, you want to develop systems because they eliminate waste. Right. But nobody can just use a system. They have to understand the big picture. Right. And if you don't see the big picture, then you're just a cog. You're not the wheel. So you know, maybe maybe the idea is that part of the system is the big picture. Absolutely. You know, and and that way we have to make we make sure that we cover it uh, I, I think one of the examples i like is you know mike slugger is really good at this he tries to explain to people why water will run uphill 
why it will go underneath your shingles and right up behind them. Right. You know, it will go right inside a crack in the, in the, between the roof and the, and the, between the, the roof and a sidewall, for instance, which it shouldn't do because gravity should run the water off. He says, hey, when was the last time you were in your car driving down the road? Let's say you weren't even going fast. You're only going 20 miles an hour. And it was raining. And you noticed the raindrops were hitting your windshield and they were going uphill. There you go. Yeah. That's wind-driven rain and you're only going 20 miles an hour. Right. That's the kind of imagery that I think really helps people understand what's happening. Yeah, those are the, those are the great examples of how uh, trainers ought to be thinking in terms of how do I get this across to people outside of the construction world? How do I help them understand something that I'm trying to get across that, that everybody can identify? That's a, that, I don't think I've heard him say that before. So that's a great uh, yeah. example that can, can really help people understand that concept. Well, he actually, he did that. He did that example at these, we do these special um, shows just for architects. They're AIA shows that are AIA approved. Right. And he developed that just for them. Cause, and I got a kick out of it because, you know, he had to help them understand what's happening with wind-driven rain, which was really fun. It was Yeah, really that, that's, that's, that's incredible. So we're going to wind up here a little bit, Gary, but I just wanted to know um, if you could recommend some other resources. We've talked about the road show, and I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, uh, find out about that from Gary. There, it is such an incredible resource for your company maybe set up some regular uh, events for that. But what are some other resources, uh, DVDs, books, things like that, that you could recommend for people that either want to do more in-house stuff or, or something like that? I believe that any responsible person that respects their trade needs to subscribe to magazines. They need to read. So find home building and JLC, they're the first step. Okay. The second step is, boy, you can't get everything just from reading you got to see somebody doing something. So JLC Live, that's the beginning. That's like, boy, it's been the only true trade show for, for construction people, you know? That's There's true. There's some events that are at IBS that are really cool. The remodeling show is cool. You know, where people, they've got actually, you know, real installers doing stuff live on the show floors. So that's what's really changed in the trade show industry. And that's where the Cats Road Show kind of originated. The right. whole thing that we do at lumberyards all across the country, you know, 24, 30, 40 times a year, depending upon how many events we're doing, are all based on live events that we learned how to do at JLC Live. Right. After that, the DVDs kind of the DVD program I have on finished carpentry is specific to mastering finished carpentry. And there are other ones out there too. I know Myron Ferguson has some DVD programs on drywall. Rick Arnold has published books and I think DVDs on roof framing and, 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 and wall framing and stuff. There are programs out there. Plus there are some really good YouTube videos out there that are just awesome, that are free. You just got to be careful to make sure you're not listening to somebody that doesn't really know their, their game. Pick a reputable name. Right. So um, just as we close, how do they get in touch with you? Just give us a quick uh, idea of how they can get in touch with you if they want some more information. Email from me is Gary at GaryMCats.com. And that's the best way to reach me. That's it. Fantastic. I really, I thank you so much for being with us. It's it, this has been a great, great 
uh, talk for me. And I, I learned some things, which I always do, but uh, this is fantastic. Well, thank you, Tim. It was truly an honor for me to be invited. Gary, and from, uh, I just went to have been a huge fan for years. And on behalf of probably all of our listeners, we thank you for what you do and wish you continued success. And we look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Awesome. Thank you very much, Steve. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. You too. So, Tim, this was truly an honor for me. I can honestly say it's almost like uh, interviewing one of my heroes. Uh, I've been following Gary for so long. It's just been a pleasure to have him on the show. Yeah, I I, I met Gary at a JLC Live years ago, and like he said, uh, I think we were the only two uh, doing presentations that actually had some field experience, a lot of good other good folks, but course, JLC Live has really changed that. They've added a lot of people that uh, do uh, great presentations. So there are just a couple of things that that really stood out to me. Uh, this whole concept of teaching concept instead of just technique. Uh, everything moves. I'm going to remember that for a long, 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 long time. Just such a great, great thing. And then this whole idea about making it my responsibility as a company owner and finding out a way to get physical training going on the, the, the company, the roofing company that rented and or purchased the facility so that they could actively train. I know a painter that has a big section set up in their warehouse where they train people on how to paint. So that has to be a model for us as we move forward. Yeah, no, I second everything you just said. It's really about those principles in your training on why you're applying what you're applying. So uh, once again, I'd just like to thank Gary Katz for joining us today. And we want to thank you, the listener, for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.